0: Štan an indó askeige e Táim imíchttaí e dhéhsachcht ar end of chacht a máchan seo gur féidir é chor iúigh féin. Skilti fis turmi
1: Tá sé nach ara igornamion g gonamán an che sinna eá.
0: Bhí antám a ginn ná grh ááchttum fracht séthrin grn
1: You're listening to the Indo-Daily, but first...
0: When I got out to the Wicklow Mountains, when I came to the end of the line, I I felt this sinking feeling in the pit of my stomach. I'm Nicola Tallent, and every week you can hear stories about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld on my podcast, Crime World. This was a stitch-up from start to end. I talk to those who get up close and personal with gangsters mobsters and notorious criminals. They have taught of every conceivable way of disguising cocaine. Crime World is available wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Today on the Indo Daily, pack that bag and go find your passport because foreign travel is back on the menu. I'm Denise Callman. And today on the Indo Daily, we're going to talk about how we've all rushed to book our holidays abroad in the last week.
0: So is 2022
1: the year we finally get to go see the world on our own terms? Or will it come at a cost? Travel trends and what you really need to know. We're joined by Polo Cuneil, travel editor at The Irish Independent. Paul, I don't know about you, what with being travel editor of the Irish Independent, but my Google timelines have been a little bit uninspiring in the last two years. I think the most exciting place I've been has been the local Lidl. Can you just try, can you try and put it into words how difficult it really has been for both sides of the travel industry, both the consumer and the travel industry themselves in the last two years?
0: Oh, yeah, that's a great kind of a zoom out question. What have we just been through? What are we hopefully emerging from? And I know there's a lot of people around the country frantically looking for their passports and dusting them down and hoping they're still in date. And you're absolutely right, Denise, when you look back over these two years, um, when you think about we first entered lockdown thinking it might be a few weeks and suddenly we entered this complete ban on travel and then we had sort of green lists and we had stop starts and we had traffic light systems. We finally got our COVID certs up and running just six or seven months ago. But then variants and so on have kept uh, have stopped us getting sort of traveling in a reliable way since then. So it has really been a roller coaster. Travel agents have had their backs against the wall. Um, you know, pilots have not been able to fly. Airlines have slashed their seat capacity. And we're only hopefully now starting to emerge from that and, and get some kind of a, a holiday industry back up and running. So, yeah, you're right. And many people listening won't have taken a summer holiday since 2019, uh, which by the time, if they do get to go abroad this year, will be nearly three years.
1: There has, just the way you ended there, I suppose it's on a positive note, really, Paul, like there has been a recent spike in bookings after our recent lifting of restrictions. So there's green, green shoots are forecast for the industry. Is this correct to say?
0: Yeah, that's right. I, I've been calling around a couple of travel agents, tour operators over the last week or so, and they do uniformly say there is a rebound. There's a booking bounce. And there's a couple of reasons for that. First of all, we've seen that Omicron is not is in retreat here Uh Secondly, when um, Ireland loosened its travel testing restrictions, which you'll remember it brought in over Christmas, people got more confidence in booking. And now that we have this kind of stunning easing of pandemic restrictions in Ireland, there's a sense of confidence in the air. And a lot of people have been picking up the phone to their travel agents or searching up um, uh, places where they might go this year. Uh, So there's definitely a kind of a change in the mood music at the moment.
1: And on a serious note, I mean, you know, we're hearing about, you know, there's a higher cost of living and that's only going to increase. We have rising fuel prices. Is this something that's going to be reflected on the on the consumer poll? Will people be paying more for their holiday, do you think, this year?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. And the answer really is it depends when you're hoping to travel. If you are traveling uh, during the school term in February um, in March, outside of the public holiday weeks, you really can get great deals at the moment. I was just looking on Ryanair and Erlingish. They're both running a flash sales this week. You can get to city break destinations for about 12 99 each way. Um, there's not many people traveling right now, but the problem is, and you can you can probably um, empathize with this. I certainly can as a parent. Once you start getting into midterm, Easter, that double bank holiday hit over Paddy's Day, um, and especially the summer holidays the prices start to spike. Now this is something that's been flagged um you know several months ago um, Michael O'Leary was saying they expect prices to rise dramatically over peak times and that's due to several things first and foremost, there are less air seats on the market because airlines cut their capacity back so much. So they're only going to kind of ramp that capacity back up when they see that the demand is there and they see that people are actually going to travel. So there's a bit of a chicken and egg thing here. The more people that travel and book, The more flights they lay on, uh, they want to see where people want to go. They'll service those routes first and so on. And all that's going to take time to bounce back and could yet be derailed or disrupted if there are other, you know, lockdowns or variants emerge. But there's other things playing into the price rise too, Denise. There's um, inflation. There's the cost of aviation fuel, there's staffing shortages in hospitality all over the world. There's a huge pent up demand and we're told that there's a lot of household savings out there. So people might be willing to pay more to get those holidays anyway. But look, this isn't like January 2019. We're not seeing that kind of level of demand or bookings just yet. And it remains to be seen exactly how high they go in July or August. But in terms of a tip, if you can travel off peak or if your dates are flexible, that's where you can you can get the better value.
1: Okay, that's what I'll do after this. So I'll check my my calendar, my work roster. Paul, it's hard not to feel sorry for the sector. You know, we have airlines, we have hotels, we have travel agents all experiencing these difficulties post-COVID and the financial issues, these rising costs, but you know, why is it always the customers that have to pay the price? Surely, should there be an argument of they should be trying to encourage people back to their travel industry?
0: Yeah, I like that suggestion. And we, we had something like that at home. We had, a, a, what was it called, the staycation voucher that we had briefly. It kind of got up and running, and then it, 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 we were in lockdown again before we could avail of it. And there's certainly arguments there that sort of stimulus, stimuluses like that will help people and help the industry to recover and it's certainly in a bad place and it's on the floor but I think politically I just can't see how that would fly how you know here's 200 euro or 500 euro or <laughs> It'd even be great. 50 euro to go off on your holidays you know there's been we've had a lot of good news over the last week or so but I'm just at that one my push is over the edge but um, there's, there there are uh, let me say their supports have kind of come through the PUP and, and various other schemes that have run throughout the pandemic the travel industry is Absolutely delighted to have had those, and if those hadn't been in place, and the broader supports, um, you know, there've been there've been there's been funds given to airports to help attract airline businesses back across the board. That kind of level of support has stopped there being a much wider and deeper carnage. But just from the, the punter's point of view, yeah, I'm afraid you're going to have to dig into your own <laughs> pockets to pay for this holiday. And it's just everyone will say to you, it's, it's supply and demand, which we're sick hearing. Everyone wants to shoehorn their holidays into the same sort of 12 or 15 weeks of the year. And... Uh, It it just might the consequences.
1: Yeah, definitely, Paul. If I was to book my holiday after this uh, podcast, so how do I stand with travel insurance? I have my standard travel insurance that I pay on a rolling basis, on an annual basis. I think it covers everything bar um, mountains over four thousand meters or something. Um, (laughs) But but where do I stand with COVID with my travel insurance, and what does it cover with regards to COVID?
0: yeah you need you need to just check. You need to um to, uh, we hate reading through those blinding. T's and C's, but you need to take a quick scan back over that or get on the on the phone. At the start of the pandemic, travel insurers ran in the opposite direction from COVID. It it just at that point, we had no idea how the pandemic would pan out. There was no vaccination. There was no COVID certs or anything like that. But now they're much more. It's almost become a standard, but you do need to check on your policy. Typically, what it'll cover you for is if you get sick or you contract the virus overseas and you need to incur any medical expenses or you need to prolong your 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 trip you need to pay for extra accommodation or rearrange your flights home but you need to check that and and often another um uh, clause that's on it as an extra is called travel disruption which will cover you for sort of re rescheduling flights and things like that but it may not be in there as standard which is why it's it's useful to think about why do you want the travel insurance before you buy the 29.99 version of it and it may be a better fit for you to buy something that's a little bit more expensive. So the main tip there is just to check just as you're going to go and check the date on your passport after we get off the call. <laughs> you need to check what your travel insurance covers. And the other tip I would give you as, as someone who's looking forward to traveling is check the the restrictions and the status of the virus in your destination. It feels like we're in a good mood place here in Ireland and we're kind of um on a on a what would you call it, an up or a down on the roller coaster? I don't know. But <laughs> it's its a completely different story in other rates. There's some loosening restrictions now in the Netherlands, as I speak to you, in Austria as well. But there's a tightening down in Germany. There's a, there's a flare-ups uh, in Eastern Europe. So you just need to check where you're going. And it may interest you to know, just circling back to your point about travel insurance, that the Canary Islands is one destination that actually provides all tourists with free travel insurance. So if you are going between one night and 30 nights and you're staying in tourist accommodation there, um, it'll cover you if you if you get the virus overseas and you need to extend your stay. Now, There's limits on it. I think it's a value of five grand and up to 15 days um, prolonging your stay. But it's an extra reassurance and you can see why it might be a little bit of peace of mind for people.
1: Yeah, that, that's great to know, Paul. So all of that aside, can you tell us what changes are on the horizon here? We do have changes coming for Irish people,
0: Irish passport holders with regards to COVID certs. Yeah, we do. Um, so the, the the main one there to flag from February the first is that your the COVID cert as applies to travel. You can travel showing that you've been fully vaccinated, that you have proof of immunity, or that you've had a recent negative test. Now the the fully vaccination part of that from February the first is going to be limited to to, to two hundred and seventy days after your final dose of your primary vaccination schedules. What that means in layman's terms, if you got a two dose uh, regime like Pfizer or AstraZeneca or Moderna, that would be your second shot. If you got the one shot Janssen, that would be your one shot, would be your final uh, shot. So 270 days or roughly nine months after that, it expires for the purposes of travel unless you have a booster. So if you have a booster, you've gotten your updated search. You need to update that. You need to upload that to your phone or print out the hard copy. I'd advise if you're traveling to do both and there's no time limit. Then you don't have to worry, you're all set. But if you don't have your booster, you do have to watch for that 270 day expiry period. Denise, it's important to say if if, you, if that period has elapsed and you've only had a, a double dose, you can still travel. There's nobody stopping you travel. You just need to get the test. You can just get you, your test. Yeah. Exactly. Or show the proof of immunity. That's I, I've seen it reported elsewhere that if you don't have the booster, you can't travel. That's not true at all. The, the whole one of the fu- fundamental principles of the EU is that they want freedom of movement. And that's why they brought in the COVID certs and why if people can't or haven't been vaccinated, they can travel provided they take the test or they show the proof of um infection such a
1: lovely day just say the words and we'll beat the birds down to it is perfect. so I have my bags packed I'm going to open up my Ryanair my Aer Lingus website I'm going to book my holidays so Paul I was reading you have a piece on independent.ie on the big travel trends for 2022 uh, one that caught my eye was the blowout break. What's this about?
0: Yeah, how much money have you got for this trip? Or are, <laughs> Not you, a are lot. you ready? To, <laughs> are you ready to burn that credit card to a crisp? <laughs> um, the the concept behind this, the blowout tri- uh, trips, and it's um, it, it actually came up in a lot of the chats I've been having with people in the industry and travel agents that people, and it's for the reason we started. You know, we said this at the beginning of the conversation. We've spent what the guts of two and a half years or we will have by summer without having been overseas. We've been a lot of that confined to 2K, 5K, 20K radiuses. We have some household savings or those of us who are lucky enough to have them do well, isn't this the year to maybe seize the day, to reward ourselves, to treat ourselves with a, with a something um, like a holiday? And that's and travel agents are saying to me that they're getting a lot of people talking in those terms. And it might not be, you know, let's do a round the world cruise or let's do a safari. It might be something like instead of taking that seven day holiday, let's do a 10 or 11 day trip. Or instead of we'd normally stay at a three star hotel. But what if we tried a four star or we tried three nights in a five star or we flew business class on one leg of our holiday, or let's get granny and granddad, let's get our friends and pitch in on a villa that has a pool and it's our own place on holiday. It could be that kind of a splurge or a blowout that we're talking. But it, it all speaks to this sense that um, we, we we we've missed these occasions together, we would like to reward ourselves and we haven't travelled. And so all that is kind of um, pushing towards blowout breaks, maybe being a trend.
1: Uh, Paul, the word, I'm going to try it. I think it's Dutch. (laughs) (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit about this?
0: Here's what I think it speaks to. This is like, it's, it's there's a certain, if you can think of when there's a, you know a really blustery breeze going and you're on the beach or you're you're out on your regular loop and you kind of almost can lean into it or you feel the whack pummeling off your face and it invigorates you it feels great yeah yes it clears your head and and it's kind of a de-stressor well there's a word for that in 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 the netherlands and they actually go out and do this and I think we've been doing it all along. We just haven't had yeah, a word for
1: it. <laughs> I think we, maybe that's a trend that Irish people will be skipping because they'll think, I've had enough of that. I'd rather the opposite, where you just sit on a sunchair and feel the the rays. Yeah, yeah, your, yeah. your skin Are soak we, up probably, the rays. We shouldn't
0: have a word for walking in the drizzle or something like that or in the 50 <laughs> different types <laughs> yeah. of rain. But I'm sure there's an Irish word for that, poll. I think one or two other things that, but, s- scratching below the surface on that, that, that we did reconnect with the outdoors through the pandemic. We did um, at certain points feel like we had maybe become, um, we had broken our connection with nature. There's a sense of safety, greater safety in the outdoors, maybe uh, after COVID. I know a lot of people are interested in walking breaks. A lot of people are interested in outdoor activities. Um, So I think it speaks to all of that as well. And it's free. This is what you talked about blowout breaks. Here's just a way to get outside without spending a penny.
1: So there were a few other trends that caught my eye. One was the Bow Wow factor. People are bringing their dogs on holidays, which really excites me because I did actually research the um, interrail a few years ago and realised that most of the on most of the routes, the train routes in Europe, you can actually bring your dog with you.
0: That's brilliant. Yeah, and it can be a real headache getting uh, or taking your dog on holidays, like especially if you're trying to fly and you need to look at pet passports and you need to look at the different um, shot regimes for each country and so on. But that's great to get that kind of reassurance.
1: Before we go, Paul, do you think we've seen the end of the staycation or do you think that trend that we all embraced in the last two years will remain?
0: Oh, I do 100%. Staycations uh, went up a gear and they're not going to go back. Uh, It's one of the great, one of the things I'll be keeping an eye on in travel this year is how the balance corrects itself between domestic and overseas tourism. So will Hundreds of thousands of us fly off the island that may create vacant bed nights in tourism here in Ireland, but will overseas tourists come in to fill it, which would be the normal order of things. But I think what you're going to see is that over the, the certainly and this is the way for me and my family over the last two years, uh, we were just so relieved to get out to holiday in our own island. We rediscovered places uh, we discovered new places we'd never been. We created memories with the kids that that I feel will be nostalgic for them when they grow up and they have their kids. And I don't think we're going to let that go. I think people want to get overseas. Yes, they want the sun holiday, the city break, but they will continue to staycation with a vengeance in Ireland. And um, I, I only hope that continues because the, 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 the tourism and hospitality industry here absolutely needs it.
1: Definitely. So, Paul, on my travel list at the moment, and I've always been a keen traveller and it's been so unusual that I haven't (laughs) been away really, but three places I have on my list at the moment are the three I's. I have Iceland, Ibiza and Italy, three places I've never been before. What's on your wish list right now? (laughs) Oh,
0: God, that's a good question. They they are three brilliant choices and you're going to have new direct flights to to Iceland coming in April or May. Yeah, yeah. There's a new budget airline going to fly direct from Dublin. So that's that's the first one you can tick off. Let me see. Um, So I'm one of those people who wants to get a a house with with the granny and the granddad and with our kids and just be able to cook in and watch our family tick over. And the last place we did that way before the pandemic was in Sicily. And um, but where I would love to give it a try is a Greek island, let's say. I love the the water in that part of the world. I find of the people who've been swimming every day here, I just find it far too cold. <laughs> um, so I'd love to do that. Um, I, I'd love to get back to the States. Um, I, I, I It's been so long. It's still an extra hop. You still need to do the pre-departure test uh, to get to the States. Um, But I'd love to get back to a city like New York or be, go to a city in the States. I've never been like Austin, Texas, which just fascinates me with its music scene and its kind of liberal culture in this red state. I'd love to just spend three or four days exploring there. Um, And let me see what else. Oh, yeah, I, I'd like to get back. Uh, I'd like to walk for a week on the Portuguese coastal Camino.
1: Wow, cool, Paul. That sounds good. Well, one thing's for sure anyway, it's always lovely to dream. And I think we've been doing (laughs) enough of that over the last 24 months that we should really get booking now. Thank you very much for your time today, Paul. We
0: appreciate it. You're welcome and safe travels.
1: That was Irish Independent Travel Editor, Paul O'Connor. I'm Denise Callanan, and today's episode of the Indo Daily was produced by Siobhan Maguire researched by Tabitha Monahan and with sound design by John Smith. Archive clips included Come Fly With Me performed by Frank Sinatra composed by Sammy Kane and Jimmy Van Hoosen and produced by Voile Gilmore and Billy May and Summer Holiday performed by Cliff Richard and The Shadows and produced by Nari Paramore. If you enjoy the Indo Daily don't forget to like follow and leave us a review.